from the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost took the first step today toward blocking a fee on Ohioans' electric bills that's at the center of the state's nearly $61 million bribery scheme. The Columbus Dispatch reports Yost filed a lawsuit in Franklin County asking a judge to block payments to Energy Harbor, which owns two nuclear plants in northern Ohio. That fee is slated to hit Ohioans' electric bills in January. These fees for the nuclear company, previously called First Energy Solutions, are at the center of a federal investigation that has implicated former GOP House Speaker Larry Householder, former Ohio Republican Party Chairman Matt Borges, and three others. Authorities in the Columbus suburb of Westerville say that a body found last week is now believed to be that of a missing 52-year-old woman last seen in May. Bryant Somerville has the latest. Westerville Police Chief Charles Chandler saying that those dental records of Emily Noble are consistent with those of the body found here in Westerville last Wednesday. Chandler says while the investigation continues, he will not speculate as to how it got there or how long that body had been there. I have all the empathy in the world for her family and friends right now. This case is, as far as I'm concerned, is far from from being over. And Chandler says an official cause of death has not yet been determined. He also says more uh, extensive DNA testing could take up to a few weeks in Westerville. Brian Somerville. President Donald Trump says his nominee to fill the seat vacated by the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg could come as soon as Saturday. As Tracy Townsend reports, many are asking if the U.S. Senate should vote to confirm this close to Election Day. When President Obama nominated Judge Merrick Garland in 2016, Ohio's Republican Senator Rob Portman said, Said the U.S. should wait. This time, he backs a Senate vote. In 2016, we had uh, we had a Republican Senate, Democratic president, and I said President Obama had every right to nominate someone, but also the Republican-led Senate had every right to decide whether to move forward. And in contrast, when the presidency and the Senate are controlled by the same party, as is the case today, the clear precedent is for the Senate to confirm. Ohio's Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown also flip-flopped in 2016. He said the Senate should vote on President Obama's nominee. This time. Time, he says the Senate should wait until January. I'm Tracy Townsend. The first presidential debate is six days away in Cleveland, and the city is getting prepared. Lena Lai reports. The signs and banners are up, and the road closures have begun, ahead of what's expected to be the most watched event of the presidential campaign. We get the honor of saying that the most important election of our lifetime is really kicking off right here in Ward 6. Cleveland City Councilman Blaine Griffin oversees Ward 6, where the national spotlight will shine on the Case Western Reserve Cleveland Clinic Samson Pavilion. I'm Lena Lott. People going to the Cleveland Clinic for medical reasons should check for road closures near the hospital that are already in place. The Nonpartisan Commission on Presidential Debates has announced the six topics for the first face-to-face event scheduled for next Tuesday. Here's ONN's Dave James. The topics were selected by the debate's moderator, Fox News' Chris Wallace, and will each be the subject of 15-minute blocks in the debate. The topics to be tackled by President Donald Trump and challenger Joe Biden are the Trump and Biden records, the Supreme Court, COVID-19, the economy, race and violence in our cities, and the integrity of the election. 
Dave James, I went in news. A court reviewer has determined the Ohio State University violated state public records laws by intentionally withholding old documents related to the Dr. Richard Strauss case. Pete Scalia has more. Strauss is accused of sexually abusing dozens of students before his death in 2005. The court reviewer says the school did not share records from one of Strauss's alleged victims for five months after that person asked for the documents, and that violated state law requiring records to be shared within a reasonable period of time. I'm Pete Scalia. The Ohio Senate approved legislation this afternoon which would bar the statewide or regional closure of licensed firearm sellers, countering potential temporary orders under stay-at-home or public health directives. According to the Columbus Dispatch, Senate President Larry Oboff himself sponsored Senate Bill 360, fast-tracking it through the chamber's legislative process. Oboff said earlier this month that while Governor Mike DeWine was respectful of the Second Amendment and did not attempt to force licensed firearms dealers to close, the proposed law Law changes would ensure future state and local officials follow suit. The National Rifle Association and other advocates supported the legislation. A lawsuit filed by voting rights groups aimed at making it easier to request an absentee ballot via a website or email gained some traction yesterday. More from Tracy Townsend. A group of cybersecurity experts told an Ohio court that absentee ballot applications can be safely transmitted using email. That counters what Republican Secretary of State Frank LaRose has said. He's argued it would open up voting to outside interference. In a filing overnight, eight experts asked appeals court to allow electronic applications, they say providing a dedicated online portal would be ideal, but that email can be a secure alternative. I'm Tracy Townsend. And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has issued new health and safety guidance related to Halloween celebrations. Yolanda Harris has the details. Low-risk activities include carving pumpkins outside with a few friends, as well as doing outdoor scavenger hunts for kids or virtual Halloween costumes. Contests. The moderate risk category includes one-way trick-or-treating, visiting pumpkin patches, and outdoor Halloween movie nights with friends. Now, as far as the high risk, the CDC says to avoid traditional trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treat events as well. And you don't want to go to crowded indoor costume parties. I'm Yolanda Harris. Special thanks to our affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus and WKYC-TV in Cleveland for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.